Hey, welcome to Freshman Fellowship. I'm John Bourgeois, and uh, if I haven't met you, I'm the campus minister with RUF. And tonight, we are going to be looking at a parable that Jesus tells that's often called the parable of the prodigal son. And we're going to be looking at this this week and next week. And we're doing this because I want us to have a conversation, or you to have a conversation, about the heart of God for sinners. What is God's posture towards sinners and sufferers like you and me? And so... The way we're going to do is we look at this parable from Luke 15 and invite you to turn there in your Bible. Um, I'll read it for us. Uh, it actually begins, I want to set us up by reading the first two verses of Luke 15 and then uh, read the parable, which is verses 11 through 32. But we're just going to read um, through verse 24. Sorry, verse yeah, 24 for the, the younger son. So it begins in Luke 15 that now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing nearer to hear Jesus. So Jesus is surrounded by people whom the Pharisees saw as sinful and who should be on the outside. The Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So Jesus told him this parable. He said, There was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all that he had and took a journey into a far country, and there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country. He began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into the fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that he gave the pigs, that the pigs ate, but no one gave him anything. But when he came to his senses, when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger? I'll arise and go to my father, and I'll say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they begin to celebrate. So the Bible claims that Jesus is a full revelation of God. If we want to know what God is like, we're to look at Jesus. And this is Jesus teaching, not just uh, sinners and tax collectors, but teaching Pharisees and scribes, the, the religious authorities, what the character of God is towards sinners. Um, so what we see in this is we see the story. There's this, this dad, he has two sons, he's a wealthy landowner, and his first son says to him, dad, I want my share of the inheritance, which he's saying to him in, in first century ancient Near Eastern context. He's saying, you're as good as dead to me. Give me what's coming to me. Now, in order for him to then give him what was coming to him, to give him his inheritance, can you imagine saying this to your parents? Hey, I know I'm going to get an inheritance when you die, but I'm kind of done with you. I want my money now. And that the father responds by giving, just freely giving his inheritance to him. And what does the younger son do? He goes and he squanders it. We're told that he goes into a far country and he spends it. And later we see that he actually spent it on prostitutes and parties. And he just goes and has a bender spends all of his father's money, all that was given to him, to the point where he has nothing. Now, he's a Jewish man, and Jews were in a place right where, where unclean, it was unclean for them to be with pigs, to, be, to eat um, meat from pigs, and here we find him, where is he? He's feeding pigs. 
He is in a place where he has crossed cultural boundaries in order to feed himself, and he doesn't even feel that. And it's there, when he's at the end of his rope, that he remembers, my dad is a gracious man, and he's a good man. I've ruined my inheritance. Because I've gone so far away, there's no way that he would ever take me back. But maybe he'd take me back as one of his hired servants. Maybe if I come back to him in a posture saying, I mean, this is... Um, verse 17 and 18, if I go, I've sinned against Father, I've sinned against heaven against you, I'm no worthy to be counted as your son, can I please be a servant and just work in your house? Because out there, life is horrible. And just think about the way that we respond to God when we find ourselves in places of rebellion and sin, that it's like, maybe, maybe he'll take me back. Maybe I could work for it. Maybe I could work to get myself back in a right relationship with God. Like, do you ever feel this way when you are in a place where your sin is exposed and you're aware of the, your own depravity and you think, man, if, what do I got to do? You start making promises to God. God, I'm going to, um, uh, I am never going to gossip again. I'm so sorry. Um, and I'm going to work really hard to not do that. Or God, I'm so sorry. I'm never going to look at pornography again. I'm so sorry. Um, um, here's all the stuff that I'm going to do. We come to him with this list, this letter that we've written of everything that I'm going to do to get back into your good graces. We think that we need to bring something of ourselves, something that we can prove that we're worth having back. But we want you to see this, that when this younger son approaches the father, what happens? The father is looking for him. Now, in an ancient Near Eastern village, what would have happened is the houses would have kind of faced in towards each other and the farms was shot off. Not like to farming today, but a small village, houses facing in and their farms would have um, been like uh, spokes of a bicycle heading out away from the village. And so when this younger son would have left, it would have been public. He publicly shamed and embarrassed his father by taking his inheritance and walking out. The whole village would have seen it. And then this father, every single day, went to the edge of the village and looked, waiting, maybe today will be the day that my son comes home because I love him so much. And then that day comes, and what do we see? That the father runs to him. Now, it would have been very shame. Men in ancient Near East did not run. That was a shameful thing for a man to do. But this man hikes up his robes, and he runs after his son. He interrupts him in his I'm sorry speech, and he rejoices over that he's home. And do you see what he does? There's these wonderful action verbs here. Verse 22, he says, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him. Bring uh, a ring for his hand and shoes on his feet. He's giving him um, the, the accessories of not just being welcomed home, but of sonship. Like you are my son who is restored. Giving him these things to restore him to the family. And then we're throwing a party. Because this son of mine who was lost is now found. He who is dead is now alive. I want you to think about this. Um, when you picture God, what's the look on his face towards you? Do you think he's disappointed? Is he frowning? Is he kind of um, frustrated or uh, bored or um, just a little irritated at you? Jesus is saying that if you come to the Father through him, if you come to the Father through Jesus, the Father has nothing but smiles and open arms for you, ready to welcome you into his embrace. 
that is the character of God. 